0: Sounds good. Okay. Alright.
1: But, uh, before we get started, really quick, one to uh, get your thoughts on Endgame. How you liked it? Ah,
0: it was great, man. Yeah, it was... It was, uh... I got no real complaints for it. I've been reading up a lot of stuff, you know, re- reactions and stuff to it, and, you know... None of the, none of the, some things pop out, you know. Some of the with the time travel stuff and everything, but I was I was highly satisfied by. It. Me too. I loved the story. I yeah. thought it was great.
1: And then the action obviously was tremendous. I just thought it was like perfectly made. They really did a great job.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it was. It does. It really was like. Some like some people had said it was, it was like a tribute to to the, all the movies and stuff before, you know, the whole MCU, and it, it really did like like it was, yeah, it was it was really dope seeing some of the people they brought back, and and you know seeing how they worked in everything that because I because uh, I you know I tried to avoid a lot of it going into like a lot of the reports and stuff some of the stuff I. I just outright ignored, like you know, because everybody would have theories about the movie. But some of the stuff you couldn't avoid, like they was talking about some of the sets being uh, recreations of past movies and some of the outfits and stuff. So it seemed like they were going to do the time tra- do some time traveling, and uh, you know, I was I was wondering about that, but the way that they ended up doing it was was really good
1: travel movies and I thought it was just they did a pretty good job and like, <laughs> yeah. I was reading how they brought in like physicists to try and make it as real as possible right. and I thought they did a, a good job it wasn't like some hokey kind of put it together so we can put this battle on the screen it, yeah. I feel like a lot of times those movies kind of turn into that like how can we fill in the rest of the time around the battle and they, they didn't do that at all
0: yeah yeah I mean it was a three hour movie and it didn't really feel that way at all you know
1: right it flew yeah. I, I was thinking like it, it didn't feel like three hours at all
0: yeah and, and the time travel stuff too was funny because they you know they made fun of other time travel movies and yeah it was, but the back to the future <laughs> it was, yeah and so was back to the future is wrong <laughs> right yeah and, it, and that was a good about a human still All right, what's going on, movie fanatics and film connoisseurs of all types? This is your man Kyle Means, editorial director of WeAreRegalRadio.com, and I'm here with my main man David Evans. Yes, Dave is still alive and amongst the breathing. Yes, happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, we yeah we're doing uh you know David's is riding alongside with me for this special movie uh edition of war on anchor with just uh you know just doing some some couple things with film uh you know talking about a couple headlines as it were uh you know the main big thing in movies right now is the avengers and everything Endgame. i saw the movie you know just about everybody has seen it except dave i think yeah dave has unfortunately
2: yeah. been uh, uh
0: <laughs> but but I did talk to someone who did see it, uh, a good friend of mine, Zach acquaintance of Batman's Bookcase.com. Uh, he he'll be on a little later with me to talk about it and uh, all the you know everything and that's that's involved with the movie and you know a lot of unanswered questions and everything. So you know we definitely a spoiler alert there. You know if you, uh, you know you might want to skip that segment if you haven't seen the movie yet. But we're also gonna, um, you know, me and Dave here. We're gonna talk some about John Singleton, uh, who recently, the de- recently, recently passed. You know, a tragic uh, development there, uh, a big loss in in Hollywood, and uh, you know, in culture. Period. So uh, you know, we're gonna talk about that as well later, and uh, you know, uh, that pretty, maybe a couple other things too. You'll you'll hear on this special, but uh, you know, for now we're just going to, you know, set it off with a little bit of, of movie talk. I want I wanted to talk before we get into the Singleton stuff. I kind of want to talk a little bit overall about what you think about movies right now cuz one thing that I was thinking about uh recently is how it's been kind of a whack year compared to the recent years. Like the last 2 years in particular have been pretty nice leading up even to the summer. Where you had movies like Get Out and Black Panther and, uh, you know, last year, uh, 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 Quiet Place was a big movie, even before May and stuff. And, uh you now there's just been some artful movies, too, that have showed up, uh, you know, even in, in January and February and stuff the last couple of years. But this year doesn't seem to be the case. seeing no, shaking your head. Yeah, I
2: agree. I mean, it's been, a, yeah, I've seen the same thing. I thought I the only thing... That's with the accept is us is probably one of the few things that, you know, yeah, kind of outside of that rule. But yeah, it has been a, a, a lukewarm year for movies so far. Um, And that's, you know, unfortunate. I mean, there's some good projects that are in the works. You know, however, there's nothing that's come to fruition to the big screen yet. And a lot of it, maybe a lot of it, people, you know, is getting their options through te- getting their fix. For drama well made drama through television because yeah. there's been more options there but through the, you know the big screen there hasn't been that many options this year
0: yeah i mean that's really sort of been a, a thing for years now though with the rise of television and more much more ambitious television that's being made on you know premium channels and regular cable channels you know, then of course you know, this past weekend with with the Avengers, the only thing that was rivaling the Avengers uh, hype was the Game of Thrones hype. Right. So you know that's There you go, television. Yeah, and, and you look at Game of Thrones and that budget that goes in that, that, that rivals that beats most movies, not even just rivals. Right. You know, but uh it's 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 interesting man and, and I think we'll talk a little bit too later about, you know, some of the anticip anticipatory stuff. Stuff that may come out later in this year that you know, know that you know I know you and you and I both sort of keep an eye on. But you know, I, I think like I said we're just ramping up into the stuff now. The Avengers is opening us up with the the summer movies, uh, summer movie schedule, and for better or worse, that's that means more business, more attention being paid to movies. It doesn't necessarily mean a lot of good movies.
2: quality necessarily. Yeah. You know, just a lot of big budget yeah. blockbusters. Yeah,
0: but you know, it, it. Like I said, it makes people go out to the show more and stuff like that. At least, so. All right, good folks. We're back here. We are Rigor Radio. Our uh, little movie special here, talking of uh, Endgame and talking uh, some some other movie topics. But uh, this this segment is definitely about Endgame. I got a good friend of mine here joining me. Uh, old friend, go- going back to college, but he's a, he's a great writer and a great uh, comic book enthusiast. Runs the uh, website called Batman's Bookcase, uh, very cool website uh, that I, uh, you know, advise. Uh, if, you, if you're in the comic book news and reviews and stuff like that, definitely is a website that you should check out. But uh, my man's name is Zach Quaintance. Uh, welcome, Zach. How you doing? I'm good, man.
1: I'm excited
0: to talk about Endgame. It's I can't stop thinking about it since I saw it. So let's let's start with that. How did uh, when did you see it, and how much of a was was it any sort of struggle, or were you were you prepared to, and and got tickets in advance, like a, like yeah, a
1: smart I saw person? Yeah, I saw it Thursday night, um, seven o'clock.
0: Uh, I I had to be first because I'm I'm paranoid about spoilers, you know. Sure. Yeah, I, I I I didn't see it until Monday myself, man. I just, I just had to stay off of social media in the meantime. I, I should have like I said I should have jumped on it more, but I was I was like, okay, I'll try to see it early. But it did it didn't matter when at what type of what time of the day you try to see it, you know, on Saturday or Sunday. It's like everything was sold out. Like, right? you know. No matter how early you got to a theater, they were talking like, "Oh, we don't have nothing until seven o'clock or eight o'clock." So like, so eventually, I just bought a ticket ahead of ahead of time on Sunday for a Monday show, and I got to see it Monday afternoon. But uh, but you know, when you said this, all you've been thinking about, and it's, it's been about a week now, so I'm assuming you were—that's a good thing. You're you were pleased with the movie, but I assume.
1: Yeah, I, I was pleased with the movie. I like. I think when when you have a big finale like this, and there's so much going on, you're always going to have like some things you want to happen that you don't you don't see. But like, it it was so huge, and they paid off so many storylines from all these movies that like, yeah, I loved it overall. Yeah, I,
0: I had to agree with you. Like, it it was like a salute in in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, uh, to the MCU as a whole. And, you know, you, you saw, you know, that they brought the characters back. They made use of the, uh, past the timeline as it were. And, uh, you know, it it was just, it was just all sort of fan service uh, treats that were involved in in the storytelling there. And, um, i just, how, how ahead of time ahead of the movie, how much did you, because there were so many, there were so many theories and so many things that were people were trying to leak, or or people had so many, uh, you know, theories about how the story was going to unfold prior to the movie. Did you pay much attention to those things? Being that that you run a website and that I'm, I'm sure you pay attention to many other websites that report on comic books and comic book movies. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. I did I tried not to but at a certain point I just couldn't I couldn't help myself I'd see an article uh, and some of them were actually right like there'd be how how Ant-Man in the quantum realm is the key to stopping Thanos and I think that's crazy but I'd read it and it it actually comes true in the end Um, but I I didn't get anything spoiled for me which was good I I read so many theories at a certain point that like I didn't know what to believe so I was kind of wide open to
0: whatever happened going into it. Yeah, at a certain point I just stayed away from stuff like that. When I was see like, you know, Google cause it's you know, Google, cause it's, it's like it's in my brain now, it just notices how I read stuff. And when I read sites like yours or comic book resources or something, it brings up new links. And it like every time I saw something that had to do with the movie, I just was like I almost just passed it off of, off a of GP because it was like, yeah, I, I just don't want anything to to color my my thoughts of the film. But I do remember like the stuff that I do remember hearing about some things about the like old sets were being used and old costumes and like you know the the whole idea of time travel was likely to be involved in this movie because. You know there was such a finality to to Infinity War, and it was, you know the you know reasonable reasonable thinking led would lead you to believe that the though you had to go back in the past. The Avengers would have to go back in the past in some way to redo what was done in the present. That what Thanos did. So and and as it turned out, that along with the quantum realm. The quantum realm led to the, the time travel stuff, and that became a big part yeah. of the movie. So, what what did you think about how that unfolded? Like, like the movie itself, it had this it had this false ending at very early, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, Thor Thor ends up going for the head as as yeah. Thanos told him to in in the previous movie. He cuts his head off. And it's like I remember a lady sitting next to me at the show. We was like, you know, well that that ended quickly, <laughs> but <laughs> but then you had then Yeah, he, movie's over, right, right. And you, know, you just have that that dour moment there. Then you have the five year jump. So what what did you think about how they handled that and how they handled the the eventual time travel and all that stuff to to try to rectify it.
1: Yeah, you know, as somebody who reads a lot of comics, it, it, it didn't phase me at all. I, yeah. I could see how, like, if, if you're not that familiar with comic books and the type of storylines they do, it might seem a little convoluted or, like, a little too much with the time travel, but I think it's right at home for the characters and for the Marvel Universe. I mean, um, alternate timelines and realities and time travel is just sort of part of the whole thing and, and part of fandom. So from my perspective... It was really cool to see them just sort of embrace
0: that for this giant uh, billion dollar grossing spectacle of a movie, and to see it all play out on the screen. I thought was it reminded me a lot of the comics I read as a kid. It's good that you say that too, because like you know, as as comic readers, we're definitely more, uh, you know we definitely have more used to those type of devices being used in in comic book tales. But, you know, they, you know you, th- you think with so many people who see these movies, a lot of them aren't necessarily comic book readers and they're just they're just people who are devoted to these movies. So I think it was pretty clever, I think, in the way that the movie brought it into play, brought this whole thing into play. They brought it into play initially with, uh, you know, Ant-Man was trying to open everybody's idea to the possibilities of the quantum realm. But Tony was like, oh, "No, you, you trip it. Like, it's, <laughs> this is not going to work." But eventually, he he see his mind is open as well. You know, he's doing his work on the side, and you know they and they all brainstorm and they make it happen. And and there's even the little jokes too on the side about other time travel movies like Back to the Future and stuff. So it's like, you no, know, they sort of handle it in their typical t- type of snarky but clever way that that they've handled a lot of things. That's another thing too. Like there was, it was a lot of good humor in the film and it wasn't oh, yeah. it, it wasn't like out of nowhere. It was it keeping in tune with how they've always handled humor um, even amongst all these crazy situations. But but getting back to what I was saying with the uh uh with the time travel stuff like in and then the chronum realm and other dimensions and stuff. How much do you think that may open up the storytelling going forward with phase four and and all this this other stuff that we're going to see from Marvel going into the future. Do you think it's going to have a real (laughs) impact in that way? Do you think it can get more, you know, comic booky to, for lack of a better term in that way?
1: Yeah, totally. I, it's, they could be like testing the water with this. I mean, if this is the highest grossing movie of all time, which it seems like it might be, and, and it's based heavily on, on time travel and characters fighting alternate versions of themselves in the past. Like, I think it opens up the door for them to do all kinds of stuff, to, like, essentially build,
0: like, a multiverse of different dimensions and characters and everything. And Yeah. Um, I mean, they could really go in
1: almost any direction with this. And there's a lot of stuff that happened in the movie, too, that can, that can spin out into other movies if they want to revisit it. Like... Captain America theoretically spent 50 years just chilling, like, like not, you can make a movie of him in the Cold War if you wanted to now at this point, like, so I think there's a lot of different directions they could go, and and we don't really know what's coming next past one more Spider-Man, like, everything's a pretty big question mark, so it's kind of exciting to, to wait for those announcements.
0: I'm glad yeah again man like you, you and me is, are, are kind of working on the same pages here right away man like another <laughs> another thing that you know that that hasn't been worked out with the movie with within game and that is uh, sort of being anticipated and it's sort of bringing about a little bit of con- controversy coming out of the movie is the the possible black widow movie. Uh, you know that uh, star, you know I guess ago yeah. that would star Scarlett Johansson her her first uh, uh solo movie, but you know I uh as you know, as I warned everybody, you know, as I warned everybody, spoilers are about here. You know we've been spoiling already, but uh you know Black Widow dies in the film. She dies uh much in the same way that Gamora did in in, in uh, Infinity War uh trying to you know in the in the aim of capturing the soul stone she uh sacrifices her life for that uh and you know so and and there's no resurrection there within the rest of the film we don't see her so it's like you know how is that going to happen you know people are wondering now uh how's how are we going to even have this future film starring uh black widow is it going to be a prequel is it going to You know, is is she trapped in the time stone? You know, is it going to be some sort of uh, some sort of heist to to fish her out of the time stone? Is is that going to be involved in the movie? Like and and there's also the issue. Some people have brought up the concept of fridging. And I want to get your thoughts on that, too. Like, you know, that that's sort of a triggering prospect for a lot of people in comic books, because I, I believe that's comics is where that term started from. Right? And and it has to do with the setting aside and the marginalizing of female characters in a specific way. And, you know, uh, let's start off with, let's start off with the first concept about Black Widow and what could, is, what could become of her, of a character coming out of the movie. And, and what do you think about the, the whole concept of her being, maybe her character to be fridged and mistreated in that way. Yeah, you know, it was definitely something
1: I thought about as it was happening. Like, oh no, it, like, if you're looking at the original Avengers lineup, you have one female character um, and, and during that scene, there's a very dramatic scene, it was in my head the the idea of, of they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that, it's gotta be Hawkeye and then they went ahead and did it and I still really haven't processed um, like what what that's gonna mean moving forward for Black Widow, how how they could possibly bring her back? But uh, yeah, it did it did catch my attention as is, is, is problematic a little bit to 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 do that that character, which she she traditionally through these movies hasn't had the best storylines, the best personal storylines. Yeah. Of, of Avengers, so uh, I'm hoping though, They'll figure out a way with, like we were talking about earlier, alternate timelines and uh, other time travel, or even getting her out of the stone to, to sort of rectify that and give her a really strong character-driven uh, return in her own movie. But I don't know. I don't know how they, you know. Obviously, I have no idea how they're going to go about doing that.
0: Yeah, it, it it's this. It was it was disappointing, definitely in in multiple ways. And one thing that stuck to me too was that. Like earlier in the film, like when they had the the scene where she was briefing uh, the other heroes, Okoye and uh, Rocket, and uh, you know uh, Captain Marvel, and then you know where they were on the screens and stuff. It sort of it made me think of how in the comics she has had she has had in, in the past a, a role, uh, an authoritative role within the Avengers. There were times where she straight up led the avengers and i was thinking yeah. that they would they were maybe going into that with her and that coming out of the movie she may be standing in in that sort of a role coming out of all that but you know in like like you say in the end she's not there and she didn't even get the type of send off that Tony did and that uh no. you know you know with the funeral and all so it's like that, that definitely is a strain that's hanging out there, and and you know, like I said, depending on the way you look at it, it's, it's, it's a bit unsettling. It, did you did, was there anything else that sort of made you feel that way, either you know, unsettled or just you know, because like I said, there are some questions to be had coming out of the movie, and some of it we know is just storytelling. We know it's it's intentional, but you know, for for some people, some of the some of these things may just be like. No, they're unsatisfied by them. Uh, was there anything else that edged you to it, to that feeling, or outright made you feel that way?
1: For me, for me personally, like I'm, I'm not as invested. I don't think in the in the like some people are really invested in the canon of these characters. Like, like the very very important um, the way the way they end up in the movie is very important to all of them. I think from from years of reading comics uh I kind of have this attitude that these characters are a little they're flexible. Like they there's different versions of them. They they die, they come back, they change code names, they change powers. Um so there's was, there was never ne- I was I was never I wasn't furious about how anybody was treated or 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 the characters were. And I, I just kind of leaned into the stuff I liked uh more than what I didn't. I mean I thought uh, like I loved Captain America's ending personally. I thought it was, it was fantastic. I wouldn't have changed a thing. Okay. Um, and I even like where Thor ended up ultimately with the Guardians. I thought that was a really good fit.
0: Yeah, that could be pretty it's fun cool. if they if they go through with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and he's been so funny. Like the last Thor movie was so funny. It just seemed like like such a natural fit. But um, I I've, I've heard a pretty wide. I I think I'm probably an outlier for that. Like it, it being totally satisfied with with the endings for everybody I've, I've heard a lot of i'm sure you've heard them too online uh, yeah. fans kind of dissatisfied with where some of their favorites kind of landed at the end of Endgame. game
0: yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you that you that you think that way because i'm sort of more towards that too i'm like just you know the mcu is not the marvel universe exactly it's not a, a it's not a uh-huh. Exact recreation of the Marvel universe. It's its own thing, and you know, I'm more along the lines of yeah, just let them tell their stories, and you know, they haven't failed us really at all at to this point. So let's just let just let them keep doing what they're doing, and I think a lot of the things that we that we can that we can observe from the outside looking in. You know, I'm sure it's stuff that they are are already on top of. You know. Yeah,
1: and I think you and I are probably like we come like I don't. When I was growing up reading comic books, the idea that any of these characters ever ever even be in a movie is just so crazy. Like, and now they're in the most popular movie of all time. Like, it just blows my mind, and I'm I'm really grateful about it.
0: Yeah, man. Like we're old enough to remember, the... The whack Captain America movie, so the, you know, and, and you know, the Hulk was the Hulk TV show was kind of decent, but it was dated, and you know, there was nothing like, you know, Black Panther or, you know, Iron Man. You know, the uh, the, the best stuff was was pretty much animated, you know, and and there was nothing on a live action that even matched. That came close, really. I mean, like, you no. Know, people have written about the impact that Blade had in the in the in the late nineties yeah. and and sort of opening minds up more the to sort of to Marvel characters. But that was a very different movie too than what we have now. It's, it just was at that point. That was ten years before Iron Man came out, I believe, like ninety eight and ninety nine. Yeah. So it was, it still was a long way off and it, yeah, like you say, I mean, it's just amazing that this stuff in, has taken over culture and pop culture and, and everything as it has. And to have these, these movies be so, uh, like so uh, anticipated and to have such a, a rush to the theaters for these movies, it's like, it's, it's, it's unlike anything that I've ever seen and you no, know, in, in regards to movies ever. You know, say, so, so you know, hopefully long, hopefully he'll live long and, and, uh, you know, do keep uh giving us great, great films. To that end, you know, there, like we said, there is a little bit of space now. Whether they're, uh, you no, know, whether they're intentionally doing this or not, then they haven't let out the plans for the uh, the upcoming stuff. All of the plans for the upcoming stuff, really, really, none of the. Phase four movies have been announced. Of you know, apparently the Spider-Man Far From Home is the end is the official end of the Phase three. So I was just one. I was I was just thinking about that and the fact that uh you no know, DC has had a little bit of a spike with uh you know Aquaman did well and uh, uh Shazam I guess was pretty well received. So I was just wondering what you, what were your thoughts maybe on that whole thing because that's a constant thing as well, DC versus Marvel. And do you think that DC, you know, how do you think they're reacting right now to to all this with the Avengers transitioning, but yet having this dominant uh, event, this dominant Avengers run? Yeah. I mean, DC's trying to stop the damage. Like they, they, I think they tried to do they tried to do exactly what
1: Avengers did and, and put together a shared universe with the Justice League film, and it just didn't for a few different reasons. It just it just didn't work. But they're they're kind of I think in bounce back mode right now. Uh, Aquaman and Shazam were both. Aquaman made a ton of money, and Shazam was a big hit, especially among comic fans. Like uh, really love that movie, and and they still have another Wonder Woman movie coming that within that shared universe that was uh well received so i think they're doing what they can but they're just so far behind they, the the botched batman and superman movies really kind of set them back um it'll be interesting to see where they go because they, they have some sort of more more like uh movies that feel like indie films like the yeah. uh scorsese produced joker movie which looks interesting so yeah depending on how turn out, they might just lean into that and kind of forget the shared universe approach altogether to be interesting
0: yeah what do you think of this whole like it's it, like for me it's like I think when uh with Black Panther sort of breaking out a bit in the award sector do you think I think it may have an impact on how some of these movies are created like I think they're going to be more, more that there's going to factor a little bit more. Like how can we do these movies and have a sort of an awards, uh, you know, have that awards ambition to, you know, you know, maybe pick up you no know, more than just, uh, you know, special effects and, you know, sound and stuff, you no know, stuff like that, actually do things because, you know, the casting has long been ambitious you know, they they're getting big stars to do these things, and they're getting big directors and writers and stuff. So, you know, if you can if you can add that sort of prestige to these movies, I I think it would be something that may be factored in going forward too. I think that's exactly right. Uh, they it
1: really paved the way to that that approach to. And it's more than just having a bragging rights. It's like almost fighting for the legitimacy legitimacy of these serious films. Yeah. Uh, so that seems to be what's happening. And I, yeah, I think it was Nobody thought it was possible. Black Panther with uh, Oscar nominations for Best Pictures, uh, incredible. And, and I think a, another effect it's having is kind of more director-driven superhero films rather than like you have a guy like... Uh, Ryan Coogler is a very accomplished director who put his stamp on that movie. Sure. I think it. you're seeing other directors want to do their thing now, too, with, with these superhero characters.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think what, isn't Todd Phillips doing that Joker movie?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the one I was thinking of specifically. Yeah. Um, which I don't think he would have done that
0: pre-Black pre Panther five years ago, even. Right, see, right. It, it's like... You, you can't look you can't you can't put your nose down on it now uh you know look you look down on it now because you know not only are these movies making big you no know, big money it's like they they gotta be you know even for war stuff now among the most uh you know highly coveted uh jobs you could probably get in hollywood so it's it's a, it's yeah. a strip man it's like it's, this stuff is no is definitely no longer in the shadows now and it's, it's nothing for enthusiasts like us to you know to you know uh, vocalize our yearning for these things now and and you know it, it's it like I say it's just not a it's just not any type of uh uh there's there's no, nothing wrong about it now it's no type of uh. You know, I'm trying to keep Mr. Word, but I don't know. It, it, it's 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 pretty. Like I said, stigma. stigma. That's right. That's the, that's what I'm looking for. Stigma. There's no stigma for it now. It's a, it's like we you know it's, it's culture is embedded in uh, the in the comic book universes now, and it's it's like every studio has their own uh, you know their own universe that they're trying to build up. You know, Sony's trying to build up the the Spider-Man stuff, even without Spider-Man, for the most part. <laughs> and you got you got, uh, you know, I think Universal was trying to do the monster stuff for a while, but that kind of fell off. But but you got the Godzilla stuff and uh, Godzilla and King Kong apparently is going to be happening. The Godzilla movie, I saw, bef- I saw that preview before uh, uh, Endgame and that's going to be coming yeah. out next month with uh, all those monsters and stuff. So it's like if you don't have that type of, uh, if you don't have that type of IP that you're holding on to, uh, something big that you can make a whole universe out of nowadays, it's like you're not even in the movie game, hardly. Yeah, I almost. I mean, I think all the major studios are, are trying to do their own shared universe of movies. I mean, like Marvel basically
1: has; they can release two to three movies a year. They're guaranteed to make. Yeah, millions upon millions of dollars, and, and be critically well received. Like they've just hit on a on a winning formula, and everyone's playing catch up.
0: Yeah, yeah. With that in mind, too, like how with the with the Fox Disney merger stuff, like how soon do you think that that we will possibly have any sort of X Men or Fantastic Four type of involvement? In the MCU, how how early do you think that happen? Could it could there be any of that in in Phase Four?
1: I've I've heard you know I've heard Kevin Feige, the executive producer over all the Marvel stuff, say that it, it it'll be longer than you think. It'll take a little bit longer to introduce these characters. But if just personally, if if I was starting a new phase, and I I like how do you top something as big as ten years of movies? culminating in endgame the answer is wolverine like the x-men like i don't i it seems like such a natural fit to launch the next phase so i i would love to see it like I, it would be really interesting for them to, to come out big with the next phase of movies and do uh fantastic four and x-men and do it right because they you know they've had so much trouble with fantastic four the fox
0: yeah that yeah that's that's been one of the more disappointing things too like that we haven't had a defining Fantastic Four movie because that's where everything starts with Marvel, and like they're such a big part of of Marvel lore. And they, you think that if they really, if somebody really knocks that out the park, that could be really fun. And definitely, you you got to have Galactus as a person, not as a freaking cloud. You know? Oh, I know. I
1: know. That's just uh, everyone involved with that should be embarrassed. Like, <laughs> turn them into a cloud. Yeah. So bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, come on, man. So that <laughs> I, I don't even know I brought that up, man. But let's, let's just ignore that. Not yet. They they have a new
1: hardcover coming out. It's gonna have all fifty four of the issues so far in October. So it's gonna be it's gonna be sometime after October. Uh, my guess would be the next after the hardcover comes out, they'll be back the month month or two after. It's so probably like November, or December.
0: Yeah, I read like the first 6 or so issues. But but I read 54 and that was like, I I knew enough about the story to where that that was just as devastating as anything. Like Oh this, man, I, I
1: I know I like many. that's probably the comic that hit me the hardest of any I've ever read. Like yeah, I just, just crushed. But
0: yeah, it's it's so well done and and like I'm a I'm a big Brian uh, Vaughn fan because I I love why why is is one of my favorite comic book series ever and uh, oh, yeah. You no, know, that's that's going to be a series now too uh, but I heard I heard they're coming on some difficulties with that over at FX
1: they replaced the showrunners or they fired the showrunners or, or something like that but yeah. Um, and that's a shame. I was really looking forward to it, but I, I think it's still moving forward. It's still coming. It's just different people putting yeah. it together now.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, it hopefully it doesn't like really mess up things up because it made me think of how early on with The Walking Dead they had Frank Deramont uh, you know, running that, and then they they booted him out, but the show continued on and it's done a lot of good things since then. So hopefully, it won't be a you know it won't stagger out the gate at least you know maybe cuz i i've like just always from reading that book i've always pictured that like just wanted to see how it would be adapted be it as a movie or as a long i'm glad they're doing it as a long term series actually but uh we yeah we we got to we got to I'm, I'm i'm thinking now what i'm going to bring you back for pretty soon we'll, we'll talk about some some more adaptations on the tv side especially because uh, a, a, another thing, I saw the uh, HBO drop some more stuff with the Watchmen
1: See, yeah. uh on the,
0: on their IG. I saw that, so uh, that's that's another thing that's coming that's going to be big coming up this year. So uh, yeah, man, we are gonna have a lot to talk about going forward in the future, man.
1: Sounds good.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be fun. Definitely, definitely. Zach Quainton's my man. Uh, Batman's bookcase, Batman'sbookcase dot com, right is is the is the address. That's right, yeah. And that's
1: uh, the
0: URL. Pretty much, you can search Batman's bookcase on social media, right, for the follows.
1: Yeah, Twitter and Instagram, Batman's bookcase.
0: All right, yeah, check them out, y'all. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later, Zach. Man, have a good time. Uh, you know, uh, have a good. Like I say, have a good summer, man. I uh, hope you enjoy the summer and. uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon.
1: Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, we'll, we'll catch up again. Another another movie or show. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no doubt, bro. Okay. Talk to you later. See ya. Uh, suffered a stroke a couple weeks ago, and... Uh, people been watching uh, his, you know, his way he's way he's been going about, you know, his health, and trying to see what what was going to happen with him. But uh, the news came, ended up coming out Monday that, uh, you know, his, his family took him off life support, right? And, uh, you know, like I said, that's just was the the end for him, and like
1: pretty much a shock
0: given his age. You know, he's only 51, right? Right. So, you know, not a not a very old man at all, and you know, middle age, and and he, a guy who I, I think he's been around a long time though. His uh, Boys in the Hood came out when he was twenty three, and you know,
2: somebody made a really good quote, and I can't remember if it was on IG or LinkedIn, but yeah. essentially they said, "Be careful." I mean, this is slightly, I um, don't, not not hopefully not macabre. But someone said that, you know, some people, I guess, you know, I guess peak early in life or find success early in life, but unfortunately, they may end up having, a you know, an earlier end. You know, some people, a lot of notes, uh, people who found success later in life, they tend to be, you know, older, you know, older references. But, you know, we're in a society, I think, you know, John Singleton's rise and unfortunately his death... It's kind of emblematic of the kind of society we live in where we, you know, laud or we praise people who find success early. Yeah. And, you know, with Singleton, he definitely did. He, he you know, he, he he found success early. And unfortunately, you know, he found his demise early. I was thinking about somebody else who died similarly and around the same age. And that was Luke Perry recently who passed And ultimately... Mm-hmm. When, you know, the only thing to say is that when you're 50 is young, but it's also part of, you know, time and age where you have to worry about heart disease and things like that. Yeah. And you have to just be a little bit more consistent with, you know, getting those doctors checks and visits. And some people do it, some people don't. Some people go based upon the fact, well, you know, I'm in good physical health, but they may not look at genetic factors that are, you know, with them from maybe from family members even if they're in good health they may have a family history of heart disease and they don't take that in consideration um and that's something that i think if anything that single death should take and consider you know bring to our mind should be that it's just to constant you know to take care of yourself you know or get those doctor checkups whether you're not you're in you know great physical health or not. I mean Singleton from all reports was in good physical health, but you still have to go to the doctor and get yourself checked out, especially more once you get past this once more you get into middle age.
0: Definitely, definitely. And that's been a part of it, I think I've I've heard some commentators speak to that as well, you know, in regards for, for African American people, black people and, you know, we've had, you know, a series of of successful Black people and music and entertainment, who have died in their in recent years in their 40s and and 50s from similar things, you know, be it diabetes or, you know, just having being too heavy or different types of cancers and stuff like that. So definitely, like 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 you say, Dave, you know, we're we're at this point in life too. You know, we're in our mid 30s, so this is part of time where you got to really ramp that that stuff up that self care and and really observe what you're doing in life and make sure if if you want to live a long life like that go to get the you know. doctor I mean in addition,
2: in addition to you know the gym and proper diet and yeah. you know diet and, you know eating healthy and all that good stuff but you have to do those you know go to yeah. those doctor visits as well
0: but I, I I don't really connect that much with his talents and you know his. I mean, the, the fact he was a prodigy, and that's, and and I and I, I get what you say when you say like you know, in in society we sort of maybe to overvalue to a we point over, early success the early success, but he
2: really earned it. He heard it. No, no, no. I was just saying it was just. I, I was taking talking about it in a more of a sort ironic, of a cruel irony. The, to the cruel it. irony yeah, yeah. context. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and that's what I was saying is that just
0: because you know you may. Find but you could something. look at it too as is, is. It was a blessing because he didn't have that much time. Well, so he got he he was able to make an impact at a at a point where not many people make it, such an impact.
2: He would. I'll say. Well, this is what I'll say about him is that he was. The you know the first uh, you know many uh, you know of the, I guess of I guess the '90s where you had a lot of more black films being you yeah know, I put think, on the screen
0: I think some I've heard it like I heard it the demarcation like he was giving the label hip hop in a way like in a, in the period and I, I kind of accept that because there is sort of a demarcation between uh, the the I think the black the black director revolution as described in the 80s where it was spike of course and you had uh like robert townsend and keenan ivy waynes and um a couple other you know lesser people maybe maybe like a julie dash and you no know, none of them are really hip-hop but john singleton was because of his age he was pretty much born and raised with hip-hop and you know he was on the west coast and stuff it was it's not the same as like if he was in new york but he was young enough to where he made it an impact. I mean, he made it, he made, uh, he, 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 uh, he, I'm trying to, I stumbled (laughs) in, but he he made sure that he had rappers in his films. He made sure that his films had a certain type of aggression, a type of, you know, thematically, that they were marketed to in in a lot of ways that represented what was going on in hip hop at the time. So I think that was part of the significance with him that he carried on what was started in the 80s and flipped it in the in the 90s sort of way.
2: I think that you can't make that comment without factoring in Spike. First do the well, right care? No, okay, I
0: just I yeah, so I did I fact Spike, yeah, Spike, Spike was ahead of Spike yeah, was yeah,
2: Spike Spike, was, was, Spike would have been Spike would have really been the be- I think the really the beginning. I was just more meant and just like he was the be- he was the hard ranger. Of the kind of the explosion of ninety direct nineties young, you know black directors on the scene that deal with urban matter. You know he was the precursor he said, Singleton was Singleton yeah was. Def- yeah, yeah he was the precursor to the Hughes brothers. Um, he was a per- precursor to the Wans, the younger Wans brothers. So yeah. he, Matty
0: Rich, Maddie mean, Rich, yeah. yeah,
2: a lot of those type of directors that deal with an urban theme during the nineties. He was the precursor to it all.
0: Definitely, definitely.
2: For for you know as as far as as kind of the '90s explosion
0: of and the, he wound right? up being the most successful
2: and yeah and he was the most successful and he was the most successful of them of them all. Um, that's something that I think that's very valuable. I don't. I think and I, from a thematic and from a thematic, you know, standpoint, you can argue style and artistic, but from a thematic standpoint, he gave, you know, he he provided the first real introduction. From a black perspective, to what life on the West Coast was. I mean, you had mm-hmm. colors, but colors portrayed black people.
0: No, you know, yeah, it, that was white. That was a white film it, made mostly for white for, people. It
2: was a white. It was a white. It, I mean, I think it was. I think it was a more of a. I'd say it was more of a journalistic, or you yeah, know, you can or that. you know, yeah. kind of yeah, you know, representation. But of it, black
0: it, it definitely didn't come from a black.
2: No, it didn't come from a black the, perspective. It black came from film. a perspective yeah. of law enforcement. Yeah, and. It you know it just created a very it it created a very limited you know I guess portrayal of what the West Coast was and if yeah. that and if you didn't have people like John Singleton you know to create more of a nuanced perspective sure. then you would you know you still have people necessarily afraid of those areas to you know to this day yeah. if you yeah. had mm-hmm. more movies if movies that you know just presented South Central. Um, you know, all look like colors. You know, then you would not have the interest in the gentrification that's occurring today, um, yeah. present.
0: there today, present. Yeah, there'd be a lot less of an intellectual curiosity and from outside of the of the neighborhoods of South Central and Inglewood and Compton and the like, if without movies like Boys in the Hood and and you know you, you can look at you know I I, I think I, I said to myself he just opened up with a lot, he he opened up a lot of discussions and a lot of, touched on a lot of things that other directors hadn't touched on before him. He, you know, he, like you look at certain scenes like the scene where uh, where uh, Furious uh, is talking about uh, 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 justification Justfica- justification in the neighborhood, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, that, there wasn't a scene like that in a major motion picture no. prior to that. Uh, to the boys in the hood. Well, they're, well, um, I'd say, yeah and no. I mean, I keep going,
2: and I keep going back to Spike, and you already know how I feel about Spike. Spike had talked about it a little bit in Do the Right Thing, where he had to sing with the white boy. And um, Spike,
0: like like Spike, Spike, oh yeah, Do the Right Thing, is amazing, yeah, Do the Right Thing is one of the greatest movies ever, of course, this it's my favorite movie of all time. Spike was more elegaic in the way that he handled those things. I, yeah. Like, yeah, Singleton, for better or worse, was, was... He was the West... He was the West... He was more, so
2: he's he's He's, he's, he's the, more important. He's the creator of kind of the West Coast, or he was the first person on the West Coast to make that approach. It's yeah. kind of like if you're talking about rap. It's kind of like if you're talking about rap. You can't... You don't... You know, you, you use New York as kind of the guy, you know, the or birthplace of rap, but you also can't, you know, go without, you know, recognizing... The guy, the originators of rap on the West Coast, being at NWA, Ice T, those people, and how it's you know that scene was completely different than the, you know, the New York scene of rap.
0: And this is why I think it, it added different perspective. Definitely, yeah, added wider perspective. It added different perspective. Yeah.
2: Definitely, and what it did, I mean, for better or worse, is for, is for problematic. as it probably was growing up, in you know south central and you know los angeles during the late 80s early 90s it still created a nuanced perspective that in those areas that really doesn't exist in film like you know to urban films The traditionally it didn't exist in urban films we dealt with like new york it in or even or even chicago the limited amount of urban films that were made in chicago during that time period you don't have it's just i don't know it created a certain more of a nuanced feel to it whereas like it it gave a more humanized version towards it that didn't exist in new york you know most urban films whether it was made you know whoever it was made by it really didn't paint like you know a place where this is a welcoming place to live though it has its issues with violence it's you know it almost created like and maybe it's just being southern california it created like a it created a i don't want to call the nuance like maybe you would consider somewhere some like an immigrant who's lived in the west indies where they had issues of violence but they also had the benefit of island life it kind of it kind right. of it kind of felt it always felt like that so i was always intrigued by it and even you know even to this day there's a difference between what the hood looks like in la and what the hood looks like in chicago or what the hood looks like in new york and i think my wife You know, speaking to her about it recently, put it best, is the hood in L.A., it still, it doesn't look, it doesn't have the same feel of desolence. Even though it has violence, it doesn't have the same feel of desolence. And maybe that has to do with, you know, having palm trees and warm weather. I don't know, but it seems like they still, the black middle class that even, or the the neighborhoods that are black there that still exist, they're still just more of a pride of home ownership, And maybe, you know, I don't know what necessarily that is the reason why that is. But at any particular point, not to get off Singleton, I think Singleton did a good job at portraying that. And then even more mm. kind of extension of him, Cube did a good job of portraying that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that was kind of the, one of the things that's always been like a part of the mythos of Southern California, Black Southern California, is that there, yeah, it's it may be, you know, there are certain, ter- you know, things that you have to navigate as far as gang territories what colors you wear, all of those things. But at the same time, there's also a certain level of not familiar. It's, it's, it's still a certain level of exoticness to it that yeah. doesn't exist in, you know, Chicago or New York. But the same, you know, socioeconomic issues exist. But, yeah. you, you know, but you got at least at least, you know, you're in Southern California, you're dealing with gangs. But at least you have palm trees and you have good weather and then you have, you know, I guess co- close proximity, at least to more upscale areas.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, and and I think that it it presents like a unique sort of dichotomy in certain things. It's like you can have there's a there's a certain glamour that can be involved, but there's also this real grittiness that's involved too. And when you look at some of his later movies, you know we've spoken mostly about Boys in the Hood here, but uh, I want to get into some of his other films too because I think there was definitely value, in especially the stuff that he made. Probably leading up to when he was becoming more of a four hire guy when he's doing like shaft and right. the, the the fast and the furious sequel stuff I would say up until baby boy essentially and baby boy is a you know that's a movie that a lot of people take a lot of different ways but it was it's a movie that I think you know it's a movie that I've always enjoyed for for the most part and I always I remember reading the review that this is back when every week I read Ebert's reviews and Ebert gave it a pretty glowing review and in the way that you know the way that, the reason why you know Ebert is valued a lot as a as a reviewer is that he really goes into different people's mind states and especially filmmakers' mind states stuff and he's not afraid and and he no, you know, he, quite frankly, you know, you know, he had a black wife and stuff. He stuck, he stuck up for a lot of black directors too at different points, and he stuck up for Singleton in that in that film where he was talking about, you know, he was just talking about men, a lot of the mental background that that film had and stuff that, you know, I think the average white person wouldn't have seen, and and this is stuff that black people would seeing in that movie where, where we're talking about, you know, the, the baby boy mind state and. You know, uh, you know, like I say, grown, being grown, but emotionally stunted, and all these sort of things, and Arrest you know, the rest of development, yeah. the development all the, all, like all these, there was a lot more that was going on, bubbling underneath that sort of that film, but you know, it may have gotten mixed up with certain elements of over the top acting and comedy, as it were, intentional or unintentional. And you know, like it, it was, it was just, it was a bold movie, and I think it was, it was sort of maybe the most. If you look at the entirety of his career, it may have been the most John Singleton movie.
2: Well, the John Singleton movie, well, I would say, Focus on Baby Boy. Baby Boy was entertaining. I think that I mean at the the part, I mean, I think that for me, a lot of it was kind of like you said, over the top acting. Mm-hmm. So it was. Inter- I mean, for me, it was entertaining. I mean, it was, it was. I don't know. It seemed like he was trying to make it a serious approach, but unfortunately, maybe some of the acting kind of like over, you know, you know, shadowed that, you know,
0: you know, being being But I, I think too that was. I think too he did try some things, whether it was, you know, light satire or or even darker comedic tone. He did put some things in there. Because maybe it was because of the talent that he had in the movie too that he was like, okay, this is who I'm working with, so I'm gonna try this certain thing. Yeah. But there was it was just it wasn't like, like you said, when you you it was only about ten years between that and Boys in the Hood, right? So and you knew you could do the difference with of the approaches There was very much of a different approach right. in those two, yeah. Groups.
2: And I mean, I think the difference is also. Is that one he used? Ty- I mean, he used he used he used Ice Cube and he used Yo Yo, which was in Boys in the Hood. But I also think it's a different mindset between using somebody who you know who was at the recently, you know, the most the most known talent for NWA. And Yo Yo, I guess they had a different approach to that acting, and I feel like the acting that came from Cube was a very organic thing versus Baby Boy, where I don't know, it's it's a different having R and B singer versus you know, uh, I guess considered at that time gangster rapper, you know, play the lead, and even you know with even the difference between Cube Good and Junior and his brother, it, there was you know differences as far as their you know approach to approaches to the role. Cuba, you know, was a little bit, his character was a little bit more earnest versus his, maybe his brother,
0: and I thought they were playing different roles. But, but he, even with Cuba, too, there was stuff like like the swinging scene where it's like... Yeah, I
2: mean, no, for, but, know, for a 20, but the difference also is, too, is the is that you're working from a 22-year-old director to a 32-year-old director, is just a different thing. Like, I mean, you look at him, he's at 32, and I hate to say it, Ryan Coogler is essentially the same age, and... There, I mean, I guess you take in context of time, but like Ryan Coogler, you know, from pretty much his approach has been more of a, it's, I guess it's been more of a serious, his movies or his approaches to movies have been a little bit more serious than I'd say compared to a baby boy,
0: you know. Yeah, but a lot
2: more. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean,
0: Coogler be- really hasn't, Coogler really hasn't, he really Bombed. hasn't. No, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about results. I'm talking about the way that he's handled material. He hasn't really deviated in any way from. He's been serious. A certain, yeah. Whether was, he's
2: whether he's done a certain with so- serious baseline. Whether he's done something independent, is you know Fruitvale, or he's he done something you know, I guess commercial like Rocky yeah. he or Creed, excuse me. Or he's, Black Panther. Or Black Panther. Yeah, he's had a lot of money. He, right, he's had, he's had a serious approach with all of them. Yeah. And, but the thing is, Coogler probably wouldn't... Coogler may have not had that inspiration to be who he is without a Singleton. And that's probably definitely, what... Definitely. And, that's, and that's what Singleton's greatest value is. Yeah. I mean, I'm really more of a mixed fan of, you know, Singleton's output as far as his films. Yeah, I mean, well, let's let's
0: go into that. What What... When you look at the rest of... Let's look at the rest of the 90s films. You have higher, uh, high, well, you, first you had Poetic uh, Justice, okay. Higher Learning, then you had Rosewood, and uh, I believe Baby Boy was the next film after that. He, he only That's another thing, too. He only made 10 films, which is interesting, because, like I say, for him to Sha- be as round round Shaft
2: came, Shaft come No, before? Shaft, all oh, right, you're right, Shaft, Shaft and, then Baby Shaft, Boy. Shaft, then Baby so,
0: Boy. So, but 10 films overall in, like, 25. Yeah, uh,
2: almost, I guess, 27 years. Yeah, 27. and it makes
0: you think of, like, when you talk about Spike, how prolific he is. He Spike has almost made a movie a year a since year. 89.
2: Versus... Uh... I guess one every 3 years.
0: Yeah, so it's 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 it, but but that's more of a typical Hollywood output for a director. We took about 10 movies in 30 years as right. opposed to like I said one like a Spike year. Lee or somebody. But, but like, what like what do you think about those series of films in particular? Those those are more like the defining films. You had a later film like uh, Four Brothers which I I guess was commercially successful but again was more of a of a tr- on the trite side and you know he's done mostly uh, move. He's done mostly TV in the in the years since then. But going back to those '90s films, what did you think about? Um, those, those I, other 90s films?
2: I mean, I wasn't poetic justice. I don't know poetic justice is one of those things where, like I said, it has a lot of cultural and it's kind of like Boys in the Hood. It had a lot of cultural value, and I yeah. think the problem that I think the problem that Singleton went up against, I don't even know if it Singleton went up against, is that. You know, even when you look at Boys in the Hood, and he's followed right up with like the Allen brothers, and they do, you know, and they have Menace. Man, yeah. And Menace is like, M- Menace is the, you know, unfortunately for a lot of people, if you consider, I'm going to say a lot of people, but for me, you know, Menace is just, was the stronger, you know, output, you know, the, the okay. stronger project. So there's, so, you know, with like movies, movies, both Boys in the Hood and both Poetic Justice. From a cultural standpoint, they mean something. that You remember what what how you felt watching them as a kid. You're like, wow, this is a good movie. As I was a kid, you remember the kind of the cultural, you know, significance they've had on music and pop culture in general. Mm-hmm. You also, you know, and they're also in it, and they're from a face value point, if you're not, you know, trying to analyze them, they're entertaining. Yeah, they're. Yeah. I mean, they're entertaining. They factor in. I mean, and he did what a lot of people was doing at that time, where he took. Top talent, where he took top acting talent or rapping talent, and he put them in films. And some for some people it worked better, and some people would you know for some in some positions it worked better. For Cube it worked very well. I don't necessarily know if it worked as well in Po, you know. I think Poet
0: I, Poet I think for I think for Tupac and Poet Justice, it was great to see him as more of a romantic character, like, because. Yeah. Yeah, cause lighthearted, yeah, but oh. a, a pure, he was pretty much a romantic lead in that film, mm-hmm. and I think that was more if if we had seen more of his life, he would I think he would have had a chance because of his looks and his the, the way that he was right as, really as a man right he, we would have seen more of that more of that role and instead of you know we look at his other maybe primary the the best roles they had Bishop and maybe like a gridlocked right. where he was just playing these desperate yeah viol- violent more or less characters you no know, uh, looking at, at Lucky in that movie as opposed to those characters mm-hmm. it just it just gave you more of the range that he had as a as an actor no I, no I, I can I can agree with that
2: i was just I was thinking about the movie as whole well, but no I definitely agree with that that's something yeah it showed him more nuance
0: too yeah, and you know Janet wasn't you no know, it's not <laughs> that she hasn't done much acting since no. for a reason but no
2: no no and and that's why I was going with that but what movie yeah. I wanted to say no but what I was saying my favorite John Singleton movie was probably Higher Learning
0: and your favorite overall or favorite outside
2: of I take probably overall? my favorite overall okay. yeah. is Higher
0: Learning. High, yeah, high, go ahead. Let's let's get down. Higher Learning is my favorite one because
2: I don't know, it showed well, like I said, it, it wanted to show you know the versatility of uh, acting by Lawrence Fishburne, which who mm-hmm. you know in the '90s I, he's well, he was one of my favorite actors. He, he, was a,
0: he had a great run and especially in that early '90s. In the right? early '90s, yeah,
2: like every move, like every movie he was in for me was a classic. He was in. He was in uh, King of New York. Yeah. He was in, you know, Boys in the Hood. He was one of my personal favorites. Yeah, deep, deep cover. I knew you were going um, to say And then also, he was in, like I said, playing a West Indian, you know, professor and a uh, higher learner. Yeah. And then also, like I said, you know, um, you know, the main character, I
0: was drawing a blank, what's his name? Oh, you're talking about in high learning? Yeah, Omar uh, Epps. Omar
2: Epps' character. No, Omar Epps' yeah. character. character was was a Don't good get character. His name, yeah. yeah, his his character was you know one of my favorite characters. So how he came to the realization of, I guess you know re- the different relationships between races, yeah. and you know just kind of how his different relationships with different groups and how they perceived him, and I guess ultimately decided which group he wanted to align himself with.
1: You
2: yeah know. yeah yeah and then like i said also you know one of the favorite also a number of great character in that movie and who i don't really care for now but he was a superb actor in that and that was michael rapaport <laughs> i mean yeah. yeah playing i mean you know you got a jewish guy from long island playing you know white supremacist yeah. and that's i mean and that's and that's a you know that's a deep thing and and it just also kind of talks about really and how relevant that is now is how you take somebody who doesn't have much of an identity and is trying to find his identity in college and who's also more, even more than Omar Epps character, trying to find a group to associate with and mm-hmm. can't find one to associate with. And the one he does find to associate with is the worst one. Yeah. And it's the one who also ends up going to foster his identity the most Yeah. and how, you know, just the ultimate, you know, out terrible output from that. And it was just a great movie to have rappers. I mean, that just he incorporated rappers in it. I feel like that was kind of a organic and maybe sometimes like over the top, you know, you know, uh you know, position you know, positions, but they were still in inter- they were still good to watch. Q, Buster. Buster rhymes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Q Buster Rhymes was the only one? No, I don't I mean, I, I, you know. Don't know if she was in that one. No, you. but like yeah, it created like this great the you know the the I guess the groups being kind of the woke black group versus white supremacists and just that clash it that is, movie I mean,
0: that movie really might have been really, released twenty years too early. too early exactly that's where I was gonna go <laughs> yeah. and, like,
2: and wake waking the Charlottesville thing it's like I wonder if. You know, like with you know, with uh, Black Klansman, yep. he made the parallels to it at the end, but it really seemed even be more relevant to Higher Learning. Yes. Yeah, higher Learning yeah. really seemed like that was the movie. I wonder if John Singleton, when he thought about the Charlottesville you know, riots and whatnot, he was like, damn, this is the movie that was for that. Yeah. I wonder if he knew that he, you know, because that that movie really seemed to have just the most substantive, you know, most people don't have that experience at college. You know, maybe... Yeah, it it was
0: very, very much more melodramatic than the average... College experience. College experience. But, But like you said... The whole thing with the the Nazis the stuff, the neo Nazi stuff and this one kid being turned on that way and, and the stuff too with what you said with Omar with him finding his way as a black man and, and you know, having to deal with these sort uh, these certain type of brothers on one side and other brothers on the other Like this there's, there's a lot of cultural politics and identity that is, that is stuff that we really see bandied about. Quite a bit today, but in the '90s, it was more of a, it, a, it was it was it was much it, more of a flattened,
2: flattened environment. And, and then it was also the great thing about him was what I don't think a lot of people were a lot of movies even attempted to do is that he tried to show racial relations between. The, you know, multiple different groups. He mm-hmm. had, the, I don't want to say the white, I don't know, hippies is the right term for him. But, you <laughs> you know, you had that
0: group. you yeah, know He broke he it was, down more than just black and white.
2: Black and white. He yeah. didn't have, you know, you had, you know, you had the police and their relationships, how the police, you know, how they interacted with. Cube and Buster Rhymes yeah, and Omar. Let yeah. Right, and how they <laughs> yeah. you know interacted with the wife for t- Fred House. Yeah, you know yeah. you had those things. You had them talk about sexual assault. Same. Yeah, you know yeah. It was a very Christy Swanson. <laughs> it was a very event. I mean, it was a very well nuanced film mm-hmm. about the college experience. Even if it was a little melodramatic, you know melodramatic, it still kind of talked about a lot of different pitfalls that you can run into in college. Over more is just kind of the superficial approach to college life, which a lot of movies that did focus, on, you know, focus on college life or television shows that focus on college life were doing at the time. Like, oh, don't you know you're gonna go to college, you're gonna party too much, you're gonna drink too much. But mm. it also says that hey, if you go to college and you get drunk and you get drunk with the wrong person, you can run the risk of being sexually assaulted. If you go to college and you don't know, you don't have a strong sense of identity, you can end up falling in with the wrong group, you know, which is for, I guess, you know, white men. It could be, you know, the Nazi skinhead
0: group. You know, Yeah, you got to figure that so many young white men, there there are a lot of Remy's out there, and they've been taken in, especially in recent times by don't make america great again peep MAGA people and right neo nazis and the like it's,
2: it's hard finding i mean especially now i mean you especially when you especially being the fact that culturally you don't they don't have the same you know they don't have the same connections to identity yeah especially unless you're like first or second generation immigrant like if you're a second you know uh generation polish immigrant you probably have some cultural identity like i got my roommate in college his name was jake he was second generation Oh, well, you actually think first generation, you know, Polish immigrant, he had a strong identity with being Polish. Yeah. You don't most, you know, I don't say a lot. As far as I know, most white guys who don't have, who are not first or second generation immigrant, they don't have that. They don't have something to be. You know but they, they just have this sort of it's just that american, bland americanism yeah. which it doesn't really mean it which this doesn't entitlement mean, it doesn't mean everything. anything yeah. i mean it's just a generic it's just, it's a generic identity generic it's, not, whiteness. It's, a, it's not a it's not a cultural identity it's not yeah. saying i'm proud because i'm italian i'm proud because i'm irish i'm proud because i'm polish i'm proud because i'm american and that's a very blank landscape because being american can
0: mean you know a hundred different things yeah. And I guess and I, like I, I think it's more ba- that it's, that that's more based on a sort of entitlement. And like people, like, it's just the way that people exercise is more about what I'm I'm not getting that I should be getting as opposed to what I already have and what I have in my community, well, or what I have available to me in my community. Well, yeah, but my thing is this is that
2: if you don't have if you don't have internal pride in yourself, you know, and it hasn't, and then the, what you, for a lot of people draw on pride in is whatever their cultural identity is, and if you don't have, if you don't have self-pride because, you know, you were just raised with it because you, through your parents, or whatever, then you, you know, you default, you may have cultural pride, you don't have cultural pride, then you end up going to look to something else of pride, which is, you know, with the increase of, you know, the rise of Trump and, you know, make America great again, also the, you know, the the rise of the You know, all, all right is that you have a lot of people finding identity in that because they have nothing else to have identity in. And what I thought, you know, to bring it back to Singleton and, you know, higher learning is that there, at you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of, there haven't been a whole lot of movies that approach the issue, you know, I guess their college experience like that. Yeah. And it was, like I said, it was also 25 years ahead of his time. Probably 25 years ago, you know, a lot of white, you know, uh, nationalist parties were on a decline. And now, ironically mm-hmm. enough, since the, you know, age of Trump, they've been kind of on an incline.
0: But he was, he was prescient. He, he had enough of a vision. He was prescient enough to get out Get out this idea that though these things are still a problem in in our in our country and and they're a problem for our youth, and if we don't check them, then we were, we were going to have certain situations. That we're going to have a certain development in society that came, that, which came about.
2: And I, But you know, but the thing is also though, he probably had that frame of reference with white nationalist parties because white nationalist parties are still in Southern California. Sure, a, yeah. You know, a But well, you know, a lot
0: of... USC, you uh, know, yeah, like yeah, it, USC, him going you know, to USC. No, he went to USC and he, he was born and raised in, in Southern Cali. And, you know, he, like I said, he based, he based a lot of, I learned pretty much on his his, experience. his own experience. So he knew that. So while
2: in Chicago, or while you know we go to you know went to Southern SIUC, and we may not seen a lot of white nationalist parties, you know, doing having rallies on campus or hanging out, and you know the common area, you know, common grounds on school. But him going to USC, you know, Southern California, especially Orange County has that kind of st- still has a large population of kind of a lot of white nationalist movement, and it may have yeah. been still in a, i'm assuming it was still strong then and that's what he was framing his reference off of so for what the rest of us in america maybe talking like not such a big deal he was able to still, you know that was still a big deal then and like you said it's pressing being the fact that now in the last couple of years we have seen a rise in you know all you know right and, you know white power parties so yeah. That's, yeah. I say all that to say that's the reason why that's my that's the reason why hands down is my favorite movie I feel like it was just the I think it was the best executed of them all of them all I mean yeah. you know it,
0: it was it was definitely a powerful movie and movie that uh, you know I I would advise anyone who who wants to learn more about Singleton's work and you know cause there's a lot of a lot of people now younger than us who in the in the like who may not have and people who may who may have been around there who slept on him you know who di- just don't know how good he was they or they don't know anything past boys in the hood so definitely I was I would uh you know I would rec- uh say say to watch uh boys boys in the hood definitely and uh higher learning and and even you know poetic justice in the way those first three movies were probably him at his best mm-hmm. and uh, you know he was he was a truth teller he was a he was a guy who wasn't Especially at, at the early point in his career, wasn't afraid to broach certain topics and and do and handle certain things in a bold manner, and then it, it it made him step out and uh, separate himself from a lot of other directors, black and white, at that time, and it and this helped provide him a certain legacy that uh, uh, that fortunately is going to live uh, much longer than he is. So definitely, that's you no, know, that's our discussion. I think We'll leave it at that. With. With John Singleton, man, rest in peace, and uh, you know, hope hopefully the best for his family and everyone who was uh, connected to his business and everything like that. Hopefully, you know, you got a show too, like Snowfall, that's on FX right now. Yeah. Hopefully, that'll continue uh, for a while. Um, you know, even without his leadership there, he produced and uh, wrote, you know, wrote and directed for that for that series as well. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. John Singleton was, like I said, above 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 it all, above anything else. He was a, a a standard, a new standard bearer, and a and a revolutionary film presence in uh, in today's society. So. Yeah,
1: Hey, hey, listeners, this is Kyle Means,
0: back at it once again, uh, one more time here for this movie special. Just uh, want to hit y'all off with a little bit of a postscript, uh, outro, as it were. Uh, I, you may have caught earlier in on the show, I said something about maybe uh, talking about some future uh, movie releases and stuff with Dave. I didn't get a chance to do that with him, but uh, I figured I'd do that here. Uh, just, uh, you know, in and out with that. And, um, you know, probably, like I said, we'll do some more stuff down the line, probably to talk about some of the interesting things that come out, each interesting releases and stuff as as they come out. But I just wanted to, you know, look over, you know, because that was something that was going through my mind, like just what is coming out over these next few months. uh, Some of the stuff I knew, of course, but, uh, you know, you kind of come up on a few other things, as you look uh, deeper and I uh, just want to spread that information out to y'all as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, first, the first thing though, I guess spinning out of the Avengers talk that we've been having uh, Monday, the, this, this past Monday, I know we said Monday before we, uh, with John Singleton talk, but that was actually last week that we co- that we recorded that. So this, this Monday, uh, May 6th, saw that, uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, uh, the the release of that of the real real trailer. There, you know they've had the trailers before, but this was the real real one because uh, it it basically gave you the, the inf- it basically gave you the story and how it's really going to be coming out of Endgame, and uh, you know they they gave the proper warning for spoilers on that. They weren't playing, uh, you know you saw right away Spidey being affected by the loss of Iron Man. And, uh, you know, the, they they let it be known that uh, Mysterio is actually, well, at least at the beginning at the beginning of the movie, is going to be an ally to Spider-Man. And they dropped that big bomb about the uh, him coming from Earth, but not our Earth. So uh, apparently the multi-universe is going to be in play in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Uh, going forward, you know, we'll see about that. There's been some, there's been some good writing already. People know about the character Mysterio in the comic books. He's kind of a scammer, you know, so uh, you know he may be fronting a little bit on that being from another universe thing. So, but that's that lends a lot of intrigue to the movie and uh, should make it a lot more fun to see just how that play out. Will Marvel go ahead first into the these uh, multi-universe things? Or is it just another send off, you know, much like what you had in Iron Man three, where we thought that, uh, you know, the Mandarin was going to be in, in play there, and that you know the Mandarin was coming for Tony for real, but it ended up being another thing. You know, if you, if you hadn't seen that movie, I ain't gonna spoil that for you. Even though, if we're spoiling End Game at this point, I could spoil uh, Iron Man three. But anyway, um, yeah. You know, Spider-Man, of course, is, is going to be a big, big movie this summer, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. So, uh, you know, go ahead and and definitely see that trailer if you haven't already. If, if and See it if you've seen Endgame. If you haven't seen Endgame, don't go anywhere near that trailer. But if you have, yeah, feel free to see that trailer. I think it'll definitely make you more excited to see that movie. But uh, that's coming out on uh, – on, uh, uh, July 4th July Fourth week, the week of July 4th, Independence Day week, and uh, I'll get to that in a minute, but I'm going to just go through all these release dates pretty much for the next few months right now, just do this real quickly, get this info from firstshowing.net, they got a nice layout here, and uh, yeah, just uh, looking at this Friday, you got a couple movies coming out, big movies, The Hustle. Pokemon, Pikachu, the taste of Pikachu. Uh was was kinda cute. I'm I'm not a never been a big Pokemon. I'm a person, I'm a little bit old for that. But uh I don't know. It's it's not getting too good reviews right now. So it may not may just be something that the diehard Pokemon people wanna get into. The hustle, they I think that's supposed I saw some press for that as like a female version of uh Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which you know, go ask you your mama pop about that if you don't know what that that movie is about. But uh, you know, it was kind of a, a lighthearted, funny thing there, uh, woman empowerment thing too. So you know, not really my speed. I don't know, but uh, you know, it might make some money there. Uh, they got that token movie too. That's not for me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, but it's gonna, you know, maybe maybe it'll get get a good deal of uh, interest from people who are into his writings and stuff, uh, Lord of the Rings and all that. Uh, interesting enough too, coming up this coming Tuesday, a week from today, Cannes Film Festival uh, starts off out in France, and you know what you get with Cannes is that you know you you, you see a lot of the movies you start to hear about a lot of movies that could make noise going forward with Oscar season, award season in general, but definitely Oscars. Uh, I remember last year in particular, you know, hearing about Spike and Black Klansman and that, you know, I think Spike won, no, the movie the movie won like the the second, uh, the Grand Prix prize, I believe it was the second, which is like the second best prize. The top prize at Cannes is the Palme d'Or. That's like the best movie at the festival is given that. But the second prize is the Grand Prix, I believe. And that was given to Black Klansmen. And that was a big deal, you know, for a Black director, a Black movie to get that. And it really started the whole way for Black Klansman that, you know, for over the past year and led to, uh, you know, being successful at Oscars this year, you know, great moments seeing Spike finally get his award on the stage and everything. So... Uh, definitely, if, if you're a film fanatic, you want to look in the in the Cannes Film Festival to see what movies are getting highlighted and what movies are what what are the response going to be to certain movies that are uh, being premiered there. But uh, going forward into May, you know, May seventeenth, you got man, there's so many dog movies, man, it's crazy. Uh, the Dog's Journey. Like I'm, I'm looking at this list. I looked down a few months ago. Like there's Mad Dog movies right now. You no, know, y'all can have that. But uh, John Wick Chapter Three. I still haven't seen the second John Wick movie yet. But I gotta catch that on TV or something. Man. I might, I might go out and see John Wick Chapter Three, man. It's been, there has been an interesting, uh, you know, interesting series, man. Just uh, you know, sort of empty calories, but fun stuff there uh, as a. Anyway, and uh, yeah, this uh, that's gonna that's probably gonna be the big movie on that 17th weekend. Um, looking at 24th, you got Aladdin, which I'm you know, sort of up and down on these Disney, these Disney uh remakes, you know, these live action remakes. I don't know why they released three of them in such a short period of time, they already released a Dumbo movie this year. They're doing Aladdin now and they're doing the Lion King in a couple months and they do like, I mean, Disney trying to get all the money, but I just think that they negate negated possible impact of at least one of these movies. I, I really think that it meant that one of these movies is, is straight trash. It may have been the Dumbo movie because nobody really talked, talked about that being like a, a high impact movie and nothing. like, Oh, no, like, you know, It doesn't seem like a movie that's really had a lot of attention since it's been released. I would think that Aladdin, too. (laughs) I don't know about Aladdin, man. I actually actually do think that The Lion King could be dope. So if The Lion King is dope, I think if it's really dope, I think that the odds are that Aladdin may be kind of mid, too, especially given that it seems that Dumbo was mid. So I don't know. Like, if you got kids, maybe you want to take them to see it. You know, if you really like that Aladdin stuff from when you were a kid, maybe you want to see it, but I'm not going to be too interested in that. Uh, Brightburn is an interesting movie that's also released on May 24th. This is a movie that basically taught, it, it. It proposes, you know, and this has been kind of done in popular culture uh, before, but it proposes, it kind of flips the Superman story It proposes whether... If though the kid, you know Clark Kent, who who will become Clark Kent, that alien child that lands into uh, middle America and everything becomes Superman. What if he was really an evil being? And um, you know the if you look up the look up the preview for Brightburn, uh, it's it's pretty trippy and it's it's pretty scary. Like we, if you look at uh how things play out, like it's it's not not the type of uplifting story that Superman provides you. It's definitely another thing entirely. And um, yeah, like I said, the, the little boy, you have a little boy with immense superpowers putting in work <laughs> on these on these folks in the heartland. So uh, if that if that appeals to you, definitely uh, you might want to check that out. May 31st, Godzilla. I'm definitely going to check out Godzilla. I like the last one. Uh, the, you know, the previous movie, and um, I think that was like 2014. I was like five years, so that was time kind of flew by since then. But they've set up this new one with the King of the Monsters, and they got Ghidra and Mothra and all those classic mo- movie monsters in it. All the classic Godzilla villains, and uh, man, it's, it's, it looks it looks dope. Like the previews look dope. A lot of great effects and epic scale to the fights and everything. So I'm definitely gonna check that out. Uh two other movies that are releasing that that weekend that look interesting, if anything, Rocket Man, uh about Elk John. Uh, you know, it looks like I'm not necessarily a movie I'm gonna see, but a movie that, you know, may get some award, you know, looks and stuff like that. It's you know, it's sort of on the heels of the the queen biopic and you know movie music movie bio you know biopics are always a big thing, especially with big artists like Elton John. So, yeah, that might be a get a lot of attention and maybe some paper too. And another movie is Ma, that releases uh, that day, May thirty first. Octavia Spencer <laughs> is this, this is a rarity. You get a sister playing the lead role in a like a horror thriller type thing. And she's uh, you know, again, check the trailer for that for Ma. Like it's 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 kind of it's kinda of wild. She's like this lonely woman and she welcomes these kids from a the small town into her basement or something, and they start partying with her and you know, she she's becoming the cool, this cool older, this cool adult figure with these kids, let them do whatever with her and you know, it kind of turns from there. I guess you can probably guess where it goes from there. But um, that might be a pretty bit of fun. Like, you know, horror, horror, and those type of movies are, are really popping as as much as they've been in a while. So you know, then and people are doing new different things with it. I think looking at the influence of people like Jordan Peele, you know, and, and you know Blumhouse, the production company people are really trying to do different things with these type of movies now. So no, you're getting some interesting premises at least, you know, and and we'll see how they play out. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you know, that's pretty much where I'm gonna go for them. I'm I'm running long already. I, I, I was going to go, uh, a couple months, but I think I'm just going to leave it at that for, uh, May for the Memorial Day. And, uh, maybe next month we'll get back to talking, uh, some more movies in June. a lot of great stuff is coming out in June. Potentially great stuff, I should say, but uh, interesting stuff at the least. You know, the X, next X Men movie, Shaft, New Men in Black, uh, Toy Story Four. Man, that's going to be wild. Probably to going to tear everybody's hearts out. Uh, you no, know, yeah, we'll uh, get back to talking some more about movies in the next month or, month or so, uh, with everything gearing up for summer. So. Uh, definitely enjoy your summer enjoy uh the new films that are coming out. if you uh, like what we're doing, follow us, pass us share us you know all that good stuff that you do with podcasts that you like you know we're out here we're doing it and um yeah, support us as well uh, we got a uh, you know if you see a link that says support this podcast, check it out you know see what you you know you don't have to throw all your paper at us, but you know just We work hard doing this stuff, so you know. Hopefully, if you like what we do and you want to see more of it, you know, show us, show us a little bit. And uh, yeah, definitely see you down the road. See you at the at the movies, as it were. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. I'll let you boy. Talk to you later.